So today, um, we are talking about something that has been coming up a lot um, and I've been hearing lots of discussions about it from different platforms, whether it be reality TV, uh, for example, Basketball Wives, or whether it's on the internet, on Instagram, just all over the place, it seems to be coming up. And we are talking about colorism. Um, I didn't really think this was something that I would even touch on because I, I know it exists, but I've never really experienced it. Um, well, I kind of have experienced it, but to me, it was just kids doing what they could to hurt your feelings because my my experience of it I used to get it from my family and that's where I got I used to well I kind of got confused to be fair I used to think like I don't really experienced much racism maybe a little tiny bit but most of my pain came from people that look like me and it was because I, I'm of a darker hue um, and that would be brought up being called names like Dutch pot and things like that <laughs> for all you Jamaicans out there or I don't know if Africans got called that but Caribbeans you'll understand what I mean when I say Dutch pot so but I never saw it as a colorism thing I just saw it as mean cousins or mean sisters <laughs> things like that so but I don't know who started colorism do you know who started colorism um I don't know for a fact who started colorism I know that I know that people who came to the West, it was driven into them. Colorism was a was a Willie Lynch technique that the slave master would use. So they would put the dark skin against the light skinned slaves. And they would always favor the light skinned slaves, especially when the slave master would impregnate a woman. And there would be favoritism with the light skinned slave that would be in the house. And then the dark skinned slaves would resent the light skin. So I know for a fact that that has happened in history uh, and that continues to happen today and you have for example the mulattoes who were the Puerto Ricans who originally were African people and what happened on that island is that the slave masters would rape the the black population continuously in order to wash out the black which is why you see such a light colour and you don't see dark Puerto Ricans generally you see really really light almost almost to the point where there's not much black visually you know in a lot of them some Puerto Ricans say they're white some will say they're black but they know they come from African heritage uh, so I know a lot of it from the west started from that mindset started from there Willie Lynch technique is a big thing uh, yeah because I do remember hearing that as a child from my mum she used to say you know about how the light-skinned girls in Jamaica always used to think that they were better than the dark-skinned girls and then when I've you know I did know about the history where you know the light-skinned um, slaves would get favor not great favor they still got treated badly but they got more favor than the dark-skinned ones and they did act like they were better and that's kind of like Harry being carried on throughout history but I 
I don't know. I don't know why. Where did the term colorism come from? Because I never heard colorism until this year. Yeah, but that's like mixed race. Certain terms have become popular in the last 25 years. We used to say half caste. Then it was politically incorrect to say half caste. Now you say mixed race. So the term colorism didn't exist in mainstream media 40 years ago. It's just a new term for a type of racism within your community or externally. It's just another word, you know? So it's just another word for what we've already had. But this colorism doesn't just, just exist in the black culture. It's exactly the same in the Asian culture. So you've got dark skin, darker skinned South Asians, Sri Lankans and South Indians. They get treated worse than the lighter skin. I know that because I had a lot of Asian friends who told me that it's exactly the same in their culture. The lighter skinned Asians get treated more favorably than the darker skinned Asians in Dubai. The darker skinned Asians are the workers who work on the buildings in 45 degree heat. The lighter skinned Asians are the sheikhs who have new clothes every day. And I've been there to see that. I thought it was Africans they used, not Asians. In Dubai they use South Asians. The Asians are the ones that build the architecture. And the reason why I know it is because I went there, I see it for myself and I researched it. And they are all Asians. There are no black people building structures in Dubai. It is Arabs employing South Asians and uh, they call it slavery because they will go to South Asia, they will offer them work in Dubai and when they get to Dubai, documentaries on this by the way to prove this, they get to Dubai, they take their passports away and make them live in shanty towns well outside of Dubai and they drive them in every day, make them work in 45 degree heat or 50 degree heat and take them back out again. All the workers are darker skinned. A lot of the workers die from the heat exposure. Uh, but they call it slavery because they, they can't get back home. And they don't always get paid. So in Dubai you don't have any poverty. There are no ghettos. There are no inner city areas of poverty. It's just wealth. But the dark skinned people live out of the city. So it's no different in Asian culture. Some would say it's worse because it's it's been exploited today. And it's very obvious to see when you go to these countries. The difference in colour of skin. Between the people that are being enslaved and those who are in wealth so growing up did you receive any colorism uh, just for the for the viewers both myself and my husband are a dark of a darker hue dark hue um so have you personally i don't remember it i always felt good about myself i don't know where it came from maybe with my parents i never really experienced it I had white friends, Asian and black friends, but I don't ever really experience. I don't remember experiencing feeling like that. I always looked in the mirror and just thought I was nice, to be honest, to be honest. I did, I just, and I always wanted my, if I had a children, I want them to look like me. I've always wanted that. And that's how I know I didn't have that inferior complex because I just thought I want to look like me. I want to be just a nicer looking version of me. I've, I've always had that feeling. So in my head, I always said, you know, however it works out, I want someone that looks like me, skin colour wise, not just fe not features, but skin colour. I want real chocolate, you know, I've, and I don't like to use the word light and dark to be honest. I know we use it, but I just say real chocolate, original black. That's just what original, because that's, that's, that's what I am to me. But you can't say, that's, that's just as bad as them saying you're original black. <laughs> that's just as bad as them saying that you're, tone is the original black it's not bad it's i am original because 
original meaning like the foundation of black that this the foundation like proper chocolate that's how i see it the foundations not i'm not like i said i'm not the way how i look is is what i'm happy with that and when i look at africans and i see how africans not all africans but like growing up in london you would have a lot of african youths would have an african girl of the same color and then you see a lot of like not a lot of bc more more west indian guys might have like white or different color and i always find it interesting to see how africans just they'd be happy to just marry a black footballers black africans more time to have a black woman than you have guys who have come through west indian lodge usually have a white woman i find it really interesting to see that how they would just accept and their kids would look like them i always i always respected africans for that i just thought it really interesting yeah and even though i did experience colorism even though i didn't know that's what it was I'm the same as you. I loved my skin colour. I mean, hmm, yeah, hmm. <laughs> I did. I didn't have a problem with my skin colour. I did want it a little bit lighter, but I'm not, I can't really remember if I wanted my skin lighter or I just wanted my tone even because I had different tones on my face. So I do, there was a point where, you know, back in the day, you'd have these creams that would lighten your skin, not bleach it. But maybe it was. I don't know. I kind of was just following my sisters, and do you know what I mean? I didn't really look at the ingredients. You know, them days you don't just look at you don't really look at ingredients. But maybe that is why I tried to lighten my skin. But I always wanted black children. Like I always wanted my kids to look like me. I always thought I was beautiful. I yeah. I I wasn't like I know a lot of I I've. I've had a lot of family and friends who are of the darker hue who today are married to whites and they made it very clear that they wanted the light-skinned baby with the the hair that wasn't like theirs they didn't want that nappy hair do you know what I mean they wanted that that light-skinned baby and they wanted that that loose curled hair and for me I was more like I want my child to look like me I don't want to look at a baby and it's white because that don't represent me whereas a lot of mixed race babies come out close to white you know and my first child it, although it was two black people making the child he came out looking Chinese and he was as light as anything and I remember in the hospital all the other ladies that had had babies when I was walking down to get my breakfast you know you have to wheel the baby in its crib so it stays with you and they'd look at me and look at my baby and, and ask me if that was my baby <laughs> I'd be like yes he is mine and then I remember being so happy when I had Pharrell and he came out chocolate I was just like yes that's what I'm talking about <laughs> he just this chocolate baby just came out I was like yeah um so yeah um I never, even though I experienced colorism, I never, it never affected me to the point where I'd want to stop the production of my color. In fact, I purposely, I remember as a child, I don't know what age it started or why it started, but I always said, I am going to be one of the people that carries on my race. I'm not going to be one of them people that gets with a white guy and has mixed race babies and then that mixed race baby has 
a baby with a white and then it's even more quarter cast and then it's white I didn't want to do that I was very adamant that I am going to if I'm the last person I will carry on my race I'm having my black babies <laughs> and I was a child saying that and I don't know where that came from I was I'm very proud of my of the color I am and you know when I look at my boys and even you I just love it I love chocolate 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 all different shades of chocolate light or dark you know but I do remember like my me and my sisters I'm the darkest then my middle one the one older than me she's a little bit lighter than me and then the one older than her she's the lightest and people used to say she was the prettiest um but then they used to say I was the prettiest as well it was really weird Oh no. Anyway, I haven't experienced colorism since I was a child or been privy to it. Like I said, I've watched stuff. And the one I watched on Basketball Wives, I can't remember what her name is now, but she was a she was an ex wrestler or something like that, I can't remember her name. But she's an African woman and um they kind of play out the whole colorism she um blames the cast she says her cast member one cast member who i think is like puerto rican she says that she was being colorist towards her and then in the end it kind of panned out she blamed everybody for being puerto rican for being colorist even the ones that were the same hue as her but then it came out that it was basically she was mixing up racism with colorism and it was trauma that was talking because it came out that she 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 cried and stuff and she was saying that when she went to school her teacher bullied her and told her that she'd amount to nothing because and it was all to do with the color of her skin um so it was very clear that it was a trauma that was talking because even when you watch it there was no colorism going on none whatsoever and then the reasons that she was saying they were being colorism had nothing to do with colorism it was like you had an argument with me or I had an argument with this girl who's lighter than me and you chose her side but that was her best friend so of course she's going to choose her side over you got nothing to do with your color so that was kind of like and it was just pushed so much this narrative of colorism but outside of all of that I've not experienced it and in our household we have all hues don't we like you're the darkest well you and Trayvon about the same aren't you is he lighter than you is it i know you don't i know you don't like it but we're talking about it i know you don't like it but we're talking about it so (laughs) i think you're the darkest and then Trayvon's just a tiny bit lighter than you maybe the same then it's me then it's me and pharrell about the same and then dante's the lightest um so we have all hues in our family but in our, in our minds we're just all black and we're all beautiful and we're all chocolate you know we're all royalty we're all kings and queens and princes you know so i don't see any difference however we did have a situation recently didn't we babe and uh to this day it's still it's still haunting me and it's still it's still hurting my heart <laughs> because i just I, I just never expected it to be fair do you want to tell the people what happened 
So we were at a friend's house and the, the mother of the child basically said that when she was young, back in her country in Africa, she, when she grew up, when she was a child, she was, a, she was afraid of one of the friends of the family or a family member or friend who was quote-unquote dark-skinned and she was afraid of that man and people used to say that he was a monster so she must have associated dark skin with being a monster and um, she put her child on the floor when we were at the house and she claims the child is scared of me and she was saying that maybe the reason why the child is scared of me is because she looks at me as being darker and that and that's what where the fear comes from which is absolutely disgraceful to even think that a child would even think that but she was trying to associate that and when she said it it was it was not nice to hear that at all that someone would even think for a second you're afraid because that because that person's dark while she seems to be completely fine with my son who looks like me so it didn't make it, it it was nonsense to me anyway but the fact that she was even thinking that is the issue not the, not the reality of it because the reality is the child wasn't thinking that because the child was thinking that the child would have been scared of every one of my family members because all of us are darker than than the the mother and their children but the child doesn't think that uh the child doesn't think that so that throughout the win- that was out the window for me it was just her mindset that she might even put that on the child and even allow her to even think that growing up that was the 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 problem or the issue and then i thought well you know um the mother is actually with a white guy and she's uh african so obviously she's black yeah regardless she's african and maybe she's the reason why she's with the white guy is because she doesn't want her kids to maybe resemble anything that's dark chocolate in any hue or maybe she doesn't want to be with somebody that's dark because maybe she still has that fear or oh no or com- uncomfortableness. So that's that's what it is, and like I said, you know when you're comfortable and you want you someone to look exactly like you, and if you don't, deep down, if you be honest with yourself, if you don't, then there's some kind of issue there, and I think that that's that's I think that's an issue for her. I really do think that's an issue for her, and um. So how did how did it make you feel like in the moment when you heard it? Well, I know it was nonsense for the child's point of view because the child is happy with my son to play. The issue was that she was even thinking like that and that she might even... The issue was that she was even thinking like that, not whether or not the child was thinking that, to be honest with you. I just thought, oh, okay, that's what you think. Or well, that's how you thought. That's That's not nice to hear, you know. Uh, that's pretty much it I don't the thing is I don't feel that it's not nice to hear but it doesn't trouble me as a person because of how confident I've always been brought up or how much I've always liked myself so it's just the worrying thing is that it's her trying to put that on the child like, it's like right, don't ever put that on the child like mm-mm. like don't ever put that on the child that's that's the worst thing you could do when you say when you say put that on a child what do you mean the same way how people told her that that guy's a monster, or the same way how people affirmed that she was scared of the guy because he was dark-skinned, is the same way how she might be like, oh, you're afraid of Gavin because he's dark-skinned. That's why you're scared of him. And if he even says that to the child, 
The child's obviously going to want to run with it and believe it. So she's putting it on the child. She's putting her own belief on the child. Or she could potentially do that, which is the worst thing. That's the issue. And and that's pretty much it. So how do you... I mean, for me, I was in shock. Because it was me she was talking to. Um, Gavin was right there, but she was talking to me. Now, let me be clear. She meant no harm. She really believes this because she had a smile on her face and she really did not know that what she said would hurt us that much. And I kind of like, I don't even know if I was having an out-of-body experience, but I was just like, I just remember, you know when something happens that's trauma and a per- you're, you're talking to someone you can't hear them (laughs) that's kind of how I was like I just froze as I was trying to process it in my head I didn't even know how to respond it just I just remember nodding my head and smiling and I can't even remember to be fair but I, I just remember just being stood there and just nodding my head as if to say this is really happening right now and then I, I mean, afterwards I was just like, I was thinking in my head, what on earth is Gavin thinking right now? But that's the thing, I wasn't traumatised by it. Like I said, I've heard, that didn't bother me in that respect. What bothered me is that she might put it on the child. I didn't, I don't think, I don't feel the way you think I might have been feeling. I didn't have that emotion. I know what you, how you're looking at it, but I don't, I didn't feel like that. I didn't feel like, <gasps> I didn't. I was just like, rah. I, I know for one, the child's not thinking that. But don't ever you dare put that on him just because the people you grew up with had some colorism issues. But me, myself, I wasn't like, I wasn't hurt by it. I just didn't like the fact that she might put that on her child. That's just how I felt. But I was hurt. Yeah, okay. But that's what I'm saying. And, 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 you know, you're a special being, but I think a lot of people would be hurt. And would you have been hurt if, if, if Trayvon had heard that? If he had heard what she'd said... Because remember, he looks just like you. Yeah, I know that. And that's my point. I wasn't. I know he didn't. But I would be bothered if he heard it. Because my belief's not going to be changed at the age of 41. But a child's belief can be changed. So like I'm saying again, I repeat it. The issue is putting the beliefs into the children. The issue isn't whether or not it hurt me. The issue is, I don't want my son to hear that. Because he's still susceptible to change his belief. He's still open at the age of seven. The baby's just been born. The baby's susceptible to whatever belief you put in it. So the issue wasn't me. The issue is don't you don't you dare put that in that child. I don't want my son hearing that because once they believe something, their belief can be set for life. So this particular person, sometimes you leave our son with her. How do you know she hasn't said things like that? Or how do you know she won't say things like that when you're not around? Yeah, But you don't. And that's how you learn. Like you could leave them with anyone. You don't know who you're leaving them with until you see and then you learn. And then when you've heard things, then you then change and chop, have conversations. You don't. That's something. I don't know who my friends are until the situation happens. Like I said, I've got friends who've now got kids and the way they treat their kids is not how I thought they would treat their kids. You don't know until it happens. And I haven't left, that, I haven't left him with her for well over a year, year and a half. But the reality is, now that I've seen that, then you navigate differently and you have the conversation. That's it. So... What does the conversation look like? Like, what? 
why hello hello we just he got guilty man he got guilty who the police officer did he Hey, we're in the middle of the podcast and the police officer that killed George Floyd got found guilty. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, because I really didn't think that they would come back with a guilty verdict. Wow. We are in the middle of a podcast. (laughs) And guess what? And it's Lady Cher on the line. I was I was thinking I, I was gonna block you, then I thought actually nah, I need to bring her in on this conversation. Guess what we're talking about? Children. Colorism. Oh gosh. <laughs> so Lady Cher is mixed race, but she's also African. She was born in Z- Zambia. Yeah, she has a white father and a black mother. Um, so we have just been discussing colorism because I was saying that when I was younger, I kind of experienced colorism. Hi, Samson. That's her son. Um, I experienced colorism, but from my family. So I didn't really see it as colorism. I just saw it as mean siblings and mean cousins. They would just call me Dutch pot and things like that, which you just do things to hurt each other, innit? I never really saw it as a colorism thing because the ones that were saying it were just as dark as me. <laughs> some of them were just as dark as me, some of them were lighter than me. So I didn't really see it as that, but I've never experienced it outside of that. I've watched loads of stuff recently. Like this is the first year I've even heard the word colorism, but it seems to be coming out so much. And then me and Gavin experienced colorism from a friend. <laughs> and we were just talking about it. So, Lady Cher, have you experienced colorism? Or do you, as a mixed race person, ever look at anyone darker and think you're better than them? Come on, let's keep it honest, open, and transparent. Hot. <laughs> um. Yes, I have experienced it. Um, I definitely remember it as a kid growing up in in Zambia. Um, I remember there was one girl who lived behind us, and I think when we first moved in the area, she must have been away or something. Um, and then when she came back, she hated me. She, you know. She, she called me out about my colour, how I wasn't black, this, that, the other. Um, mainly because I took her friends. That's how she felt, that I'd taken her friends. Um, then obviously coming to England. Then I got to experience racism. <laughs> in its full glory. You know, Jungle Bunny, go back home. You, um, you wog, you nigger, gollywog, you name it, I've been named it basically um, and isn't that funny that i've i'm darker than you and i've never been called half of them names yeah that was from the age of seven up until probably 16 17 wow um then i came to oxford 
then I got the see I, I don't like the word colorism I don't like it it's internalized racism that's what it is mm. internalized racism mm. uh, as I was saying earlier then um, then it was again in Oxford when I come here then it was you know oh you're not too black if you're too black you'd know how to handle him and all this other kind of hoo-ha and I was like okay handle who what a black man yeah handle black men what yeah yeah oh waddy I want the exactly, exactly. Um, and yeah, you know, still, still get hints of racism here and there. Not so much colorism, but I hear it through other people, and you can definitely see it. You, oh, oh, that was the other one. That was it. That's the other one I remember from school. I don't like black people, but you're all right. <laughs> got that one a lot i got that one a lot yeah you know yeah and to be fair me and shan went to school together i did feel like people in the school didn't like black people but sharon and the other mixed race girl were okay in their eyes yeah can i just say something yeah like this is how and i know this is for a fact to a white person they're not looking at you thinking oh because you're a lighter black person you're less of a gollywog or a, or a nick they don't if you're if you have black in you you're a gollywog let's just get this thing clear I, I know this from football fans they don't think oh you're lighter skinned than her so you're less of a gollywog no you're all the same I'm telling you mixed race footballers get it just as bad as someone who's fully black I'm telling you that for a fact now it's no different You'll see a light-skinned footballer gets called all of the worst names. He's half white. The white people don't differentiate between light and dark. You're black. To them, you are black. That's a, that is a hundred percent fact. Just wanted to say that. So why did I feel like that then? But that's your perception. I'm telling you, the reality is. I'm telling you the reality, and the reality. But but just like Sharon said. They would be like, I don't like black people, but you're all right. I've had that myself. I've had white friends. You'd be like, oh, use lot of, use lot in London. They'd be like, oh, can't go to these black areas. But you're all right though, Gav. You're, that's nothing to do with my colour. That's because they like me as a person. However we got on, it wasn't colour. It was personality. I wasn't a threat to them. I didn't have, I wasn't. I wasn't badding them up or so they did, oh he's not a threat to me it wasn't the colour it was the personality where they saw other black people as a threat because they thought oh he might rob me or he might do this or might think he's a bad man or whatever I, did, I didn't present that to them so it wasn't about colour do you understand it was personality yeah that makes sense actually because you've got a great personality <laughs> everyone loves you whereas me i'm i'm more shy and reserved and serious and then people were scared of my sisters so yeah i can i can kind of see that and then the only person that really bothered me was the the only other black person in the school again that's that's been my pattern is other black people coming for me more than white people i mean i i, I felt sorry for for my brother um he went to one prison 
I want to say it was somewhere like down Portsmouth Ways or something like that. It was far. Um, we went and saw him one time. He was not having a good time. And that one visit, we was not allowed to go back afterwards. And that prison, he was totally isolated because the white, like Gavin said, you know, he's mixed race, he's black. They don't care if he's half white. He's To them, he was black. And the black boys didn't want nothing to do with him because he was half white. So he was literally on his own in that prison and we weren't allowed to go and see him because it would just create more contention for him. No way. Yeah. That's crazy. And see, that's always been my my number one thing about the whole mixed race thing. So many mixed race, every mixed race person I've met or like had conversation with, they've all gone through that. Don't feel accepted by the white side. Don't feel accepted by the black side. And they're just in this limbo. Any of your kids gone through anything that you know about? Um, well, my kids got to experience racism when they were in Gloucester. Um, you know, I, I tried to educate them about that side, side of things because obviously I'd already been through it. And obviously going to an area where it was predominantly white, again, needed to highlight to them. But I don't think... I don't think they actually thought it was real. <laughs> what, until that happened? Until it happens, yeah. Because I think they were just so used to being in a multicultural society in Oxford that, you know, surely people like aren't like that anywhere, you know. And it's funny but you anyway. say that, because whenever I tell anybody we're from Oxford, they're like, there's black people in Oxford? Yeah, snap. Oh, I thought it was. I thought it was. A, I thought it was a university town. I thought it was just full of students. Yeah, and they claim that they've been to Oxford and never seen no black people. Crazy, yeah. Eh? Yeah, but that's just mainstream media, isn't it? Mainstream media paints whatever picture they want. Up until social media came in, so back in the day we had five channels on TV, in it, right? Those five channels are what everybody tuned into. So whatever you saw on those five channels is what you was brought up to believe. So if you're watching the TV and on the news said, oh, Brixton riots, black people are angry and they're aggressive and they're fighting, the perception is, I can't go to Brixton. When in reality, you can walk the streets of Brixton like anywhere else. But if you just watch the media, the five channels, you're gonna have a certain belief. Oh, Africa, um, uh, it's it's the, the red nose day, we're gonna give money to Africa. You see kids with flies on their face and big bellies. So the perception is, all Africans are just like that. When in reality, Africa isn't like that, just like that. There is paradises in Africa. Do you see? But if watching five channels means you're only going to experience or believe what the five channels tell you. Now we've got social media and the algorithms will say, whatever you're into or whatever you believe, we're going to give you that. So if you're into blackness and Nubian and Queen, social media will just give you that. YouTube will just pop up videos relating to what you like and what you watch. So now your world will be like, oh, everything's about blackness. Well, not, it's not. It's just that they give you what you like. If you're into KKK and whiteism and, and, and redneck, your social media will be that because that's what you're into. So now your world, your bubble will make you feel like everyone's on it when they're not. It's just social media will pick and it will, and it will, and it will manipulate and show you whatever it is that you like. I'm into football. So my social media is bare football. So it can seem as if the whole world's on football, but they're not. It's just showing me what I'm into. 
to make me feel more comfortable. That's how the algorithms work these days. 20 years ago, 30 years ago, you just get the five channels and wherever it is they sell, tell you, that's what you believe. The adverts, the TV shows. Now I can watch whatever I want and it's tailored to my like. We didn't have that 25, 30 years ago. Do you see? So whatever it is you believe now, social media will support that belief and make you feel like everyone's on it when they're not. It's just your little niche, yeah, is exposed to you. Yeah, there's a film about that, isn't there? I don't know if it's a, is it a film or a documentary, a documentary about that? Yeah, there's a documentary about that, and it shows like yeah. these men behind computers. Yeah. Did you watch it? Yeah, 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 yeah. and I was like, yeah. huh? Dilemma. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it. That's it. That's it. And I, d- it, it made me feel like, is that really what they're doing? It is what they're doing. It, it felt horrible. Yeah. It is manipulation. It is. But there's two sides to it. Because like I said, 30 years ago, you were only taught to believe the five channels. Now you're free to indulge in whatever belief you want and find that information about that. So why would they say it's manipulation? Fair enough. You're now free to believe your little niche. You see, 30 years ago, you wouldn't have found out a lot of information about... You wouldn't, there's no choice. Because there was no choice. So there's two sides to that AI, the artificial intelligence. You're now free to be as black as you want or as newbie as you want because all your social media supports that. But 30 years ago, you might have felt like, oh, I don't want to be black or I'm not because everything was white, white, white on the TV. Everything was white, white, white. And if it was black, it was negative or seen as, you know, you black folk are lesser. Now you can be empowered because social media might have black wealth this and black money that and you know black black african queen this do you see my point so there's two sides to it you can be in power now because you choose to follow that so before you uh called me i was just about to ask gavin what is the conversation like with somebody who who does colorism to you unknowingly because that's something that obviously has been put in them as a child and they thought it was okay and that's their belief and like we were saying the friend that did it I was saying to Gavin she was smiling she was she I know she didn't mean to hurt us or offend anyone she was literally just telling a story um and reacting based upon that story with her own children but I really don't think that she men any harm what's the conversation it's a bit like sasha when she done the whole black lives matter and she went on that whole interview and you know she's there calling the other black guy a coon but you'll hear you know black lives matter but you're calling somebody a coon like a lot of people ignorant to their own racism that's why it's internalized racism to me the conversation is just very blunt so when i go back and I'll make sure the partner's there because the partner will agree with me straight away. I'll just say, look, this is what you said. This is how I see it. And I want you to make sure you never teach your child that. That's the conversation. I'm just going to say what I think. The same way I've just told you now, that's what I think. I'll go back and make sure that the partner's there. And I'll say, this is exactly how I see it. There's no, it's not even a question of how I would do it. Just tell it what I think. This is what you said. This is how I feel. And make sure you don't ever teach your child that because it's not real. That's it. And then I know her, her partner will back me on that and say, yeah, don't ever. Where are you getting that from? I know I know that well, that's what's going to happen. 
but I'll be the talker and say, yo, this can't ever happen. How do you start that conversation? Like, right. I, like I said, you sit them down, this is exactly what will happen. Okay, come, come, I just want to say something. Remember the other day when you said that thing, yeah, about you growing up and you being scared of that guy because he was dark-skinned? Well, that insecurity might is something that you might have, which is why you said it. But I know for a fact your child doesn't think that because your child plays with my child who looks like me and my wife is darker than you, all of you, right? So that's not a reality and you can't ever teach your child to think what you were taught when you were a child. You can't do that. That That's the worst thing you could ever teach your child. Don't you think you're going to cause confrontation by telling her what to do with her child? Yeah, but Tina, Tina, you have to understand. I'm not there to please her. I'm there to tell her what I think. Hmm? That's the reality. But she believes it. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, yeah. she has that as a belief. That doesn't matter. I've still got to tell her what I think is right. Whether she chooses to follow that is her business. But I am going to tell her, you can't ever teach that child that. Remember, remember I'm not there to please her. I'm not there to be to happy families. If you say something that's out, and I'm going to come back to you with it, I'm going to tell you what you need to hear. Then you then can decipher how you're going to respond to me, whether we're going to be cool or not. That's not the point. Because I'm one of the nicest people in the world. But when I'm ready, I will say exactly what I think, knowing full well you don't like it, but you've got to deal with it. I know that. So it's a bit like one of my, um, one of the young people I was working with. So we, um, I had to do a focus group for my uni. And um, I decided to do it around the, what are they going to call it? Um, an asylum, asylum seekers centre kind of thing. Um, which they was planning to build out in Arncott at the time. So I asked the young people what their views and opinions were about all that. Next minute, they start coming out with, oh, they're going to come take our jobs, they're going to do this. They're... And literally, as I'm hearing them talking, I'm seeing their parents. This is all stuff that they've heard from their parents. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And when I started challenging them about it, they didn't like it. One of the boys went off in a mood i mean the whole the whole lot of us had to go hunt down for this boy because he's now disappeared because of me challenging him um luckily i did i was the one that found him so i said to him you know why why have you you know why have you gone off like that and he said what's the point of asking us our opinion if you're going to tell us our opinion is wrong and i turned around and said to him i said it's not that i'm telling your opinion is wrong I'm just challenging you on what you said because at the end of the day, what you're saying has come from what your parents have said. Do you know what I mean? And I wouldn't be doing my job if I'm not challenging you on what you're thinking, which is exactly what Gavin's basically saying. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I hear that. No, no one can grow and develop if no one's going to turn around and highlight something. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Same way we were talking about friendships, you know, the reason me and you are still as close as we are is because... We've had them uncomfortable conversations. Yeah, we have. We have. And I definitely know the conversation needs to be had. I'm just like <laughs> thinking like how do you how do you how do you say it? Do you know what I mean? And how do you bring it up? And I understand how he's saying he's gonna say it and stuff. I'm just I'm trying to think of how she could respond based on her beliefs um and she may she may respond okay um 
I don't know. <laughs> I actually thought that he was going to speak to the friend prior, pri- privately. Um, I didn't know he was going to do it that way. <laughs> but um, well, she's, but she's the one that needs to hear it the most. Do you know what I mean? It's it's all fair and well. It's been hearing it. Like I'm sure him and Gavin have had several conversations about stuff like that. Do you know what I mean? Because they seem like they're that close. I don't know their relationship, by the way. But that's that's the perception that I've got of their relationship. They, that's why he's saying, you know, even if he is to say that, he knows his friend's going to have his back because they've had those conversations. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And I think, like, even with the argument of, you know, the baby's not scared because it's not scared of our son, it's not scared of... She's not scared of me. Um, babies don't see colour. No. You don't, don't see racist babies and racist children. They are taught it. You know, so it's not even about what the child's exposed to because the child's exposed to all different shades. The mother, yeah, she's a light-skinned brown girl. The kids, they look, one looks um, olive skin, one looks white, or two of them look, one looks white and the other one is like a mix of olive and white. Then you've got the dad who's white. Then you've got me. There's all different shades. And then they've got the dad, the sisters, they're all different shades. So if the baby was like that, then if babies were like that or children were like that, then there would be a problem in this world. <laughs> like from, and we know that that's not the case. Um, so to me, that's not really the argument that I would use that to, to uh, persuade her that the child is not afraid because of my color, because it's around different shades. I would just say, I would be like, you know, kids don't see color. They don't, they're taught that they're taught to be racist like you said it's the parents where they get their perceptions from we all get up our, our yeah. perceptions and our beliefs and our stuff from our parents and from and then when we get to a certain age it's from those that are around us our friends our peers then and then the tv it, it's all different things but it always starts with the parents and he's right you know when he says you don't want to be teaching your child that because <laughs> And, and I proved it that day. Gavin wasn't in the room. No one was in the room. It was just me. I was holding the baby. And she'd been with me in my arms for a while. And I put her down on the floor, the exact same place where she was placed when she started crying with Gavin. Her sister and her brother were there. She crawled for a time, like two little crawls towards her brother. And then started crying and crawled back to me for me to pick her up. And stopped as soon as I picked her up. The girl just didn't want to be put down on the floor. <laughs> she didn't. And every time I put her down, she would cry. She just wanted to be held. You know? It had nothing to do with colour. No. So I'm wondering what her experience is for her to be saying that. Who? Um, your, your, your friend. Well, she said what her experience was. She said that when she was younger she was afraid of a dark-skinned man and her family used to take the mick out of her um and then say that the man was a monster so they made it as a joke and would take the mick out of her again that's trauma in it yeah. it's trauma yeah. like yeah. she may not have been afraid of him because he was dark but because he was dark that's how she's associated why she was scared of him but it could have been something else 
He could have looked at her wrong. He could have had an energy because kids pick up an energy as well, don't they? It could be of anything, but she has this belief that it was because he was dark skinned. And then, how old was she? she? I don't know. We didn't go into it. I remember I was in shock when she was telling me, so I kind of zoned out. Because I'm, I'm just, I'm just wondering, you know. Again, is this, is this stuff that she's been fed? I don't, I don't know. Yeah. We haven't had that conversation, and to be honest, that's, I think that's something that we actually need to ask the question. Because yeah. maybe this has been brought up for her healing. Maybe mm. this is a trauma that she actually needs to heal. Because obviously, it's going to affect the next generation if she doesn't get healed from it. Exactly. I'm glad that Trayvon didn't hear it, but my my whole thing is that, you know, I, I don't want him to hear it. <laughs> I know he might hear it when he's older, but I think I would. I'm upset as it is, but I'm also empathetic because I understand why she said it, and I know she didn't do it inter- intentionally. But I would. Uh, I probably would have been angry, like proper angry had Trayvon heard yeah. that would that would have hurt me we've got conversations to have but it's just to me it just feels like I mean this it shouldn't even be an issue but like you said it's what did you call it internal so where does internalized racism come from is that the whole slavery thing again but she didn't go through slavery yeah. so where does that come from like her lineage slavery or not at the end of the day the effects of that are still affecting everybody up to this day yeah but what if her line of generation didn't go through slavery i never said that's the i never said that's the only way how it came through i said that's one way it came through you see in africa colorism exists today mainstream media that's what i've been saying from the beginning mainstream media dictates most of our beliefs if you put on the tv and all you're seeing is this and that you're gonna believe it you watch music videos and the rural light skin or you watch a movie and the black guy dies first. All these little droplets and, and are going to people's minds. Africa watches mainstream media. They listen to mainstream music from the West. It's going to affect people. I just said that the root of it can come from there. But mainstream media controls what people believe. Social media, whatever it is, I'm telling you, it controls people. So wherever they're getting it from, like I said, the Asian culture is just as bad. Because it is. Yeah. They're just as bad. Chinese as well. Maybe, but I'm just saying, oh, it's it's affecting the whole world. It's not just a black thing. It's just culture, and mainstream media dictates that. TV, movies, music, it does dictate that. So the more you indulge in that stuff, is the more subconsciously you're gonna have issues. I, I guarantee you're gonna have issues. Which is why I choose to do certain things with my kid, and empower him in in a black sense. Kind of, if he sits there and watches what all the other kids watch, these little insecurities just drop in, subconsciously. It just does. So I'll leave it there. <laughs> Very abrupt finish. <laughs> Our little prince is just... Even down to, like, you know, Jamaica. You know, people that are working in the banks and stuff. Like, you know, you're more likely to... If you're if you're lighter-skinned, you're more likely to get a position, well-paid job, in, in a place like a bank and stuff, because of your skin colour. Yeah, I know definitely that it's in Jamaica. It's all over the. It's everywhere. It's the same in Africa. It's the same in. It's the same in Asia. It's not one place. It's all over. Okay. 
Okay, so do you say it's in the UK? Like, do you think it's in Britain? Because I'll, I get, I know you're ready to just snatch the mic, but <laughs> hold on a second. I understand that when it comes to racism, but you just said white people don't see shades. They just see black and white. So how is it? Because it's more likely a white person that's recruiting you. So how is it in this country? Like, how is what in this country? Colorism. How is colorism in this country? When she's talking about being hired, the lighter skin would get hired more. You telling me white people would hire a lighter skin person more than a darker skin person in this country? Yeah, of course it's gonna happen in this country. It happens everywhere. It's going to happen. I just said to you, the slave master would choose a certain hue and favor us. It happens. It happens everywhere around the world, including the UK. We are in the West. We're second to America. It's very powerful here. There are people here, I've seen podcasts where people will, and it's not just colour, let's get this clear, it is culture now more than it is colour. So you will hear of black women in London saying, oh, I changed my name to a more European name on my CV to get a job. This is beyond colour now, let's get off the colour now, it's about culture. Oh, he, oh, I think he's a typical black guy from South East London. Culture, don't want to hire him. But like we just said, if he was that black guy who I didn't think was that kind of black guy, oh, he's all right, he is. So what they do often is they put you into a cultural category and say, oh, you must be that kind of black woman or that kind of black guy. We don't want you out here. We can't go for a drink with you in the pub. I'm telling you, it's more about, now it's probably more about culture than it is about colour because you'll see black or Asian folk in high places where the white people think, oh, these lot are all right, but the rest of you lot are typical Asians or typical black. It's just how it is. Like, I see it. So it's cut. It's culture mixed in with colour. Well, we'll let you in and you're black as day or you're black as this or you're... But you're not a threat to us. So when you say culture, it's the way you show up. So in a sense, like, a youth today who who's talking his normal slang can't go on a job interview and be himself. He has to change himself in order to be... No, he thinks he has to change himself because that employer won't hire him. So, which is a reality in some em employment places, right? So, culture isn't the way you just way you speak. It's everything about your expression. So, it's how you look, how you speak, how you think, and the choices that you make define your culture. It's not just how you speak. You could speak well, but you're still typical black. Why? Because you do what black people do. Oh, you don't go and do what the white guy does after work. You're going to go and do what the black people It's not just about one thing. It's a combination. But how do they know that in one interview? You can't show that in one interview. No, but you, they, you don't know that, which is why I'm saying there are people that will change their name and or they will act a certain way to appear as if they're not that way. People will judge you in 15 seconds in an interview. 15 seconds means... When you speak, they're going to look at you and say, do I think, it's a, it's a guess, do I think that this per person can fit into my culture? They don't have to sit there for an hour with you. I've researched it. They'll judge you in 15 seconds, whether they like you or not, whether you can fit into their mould. It's not about how much they're around you, you know. It's just a perception of the way you look, the way you walk, your mannerisms, the way you sit down. It's a 15-second judgment, Tina. It is not an hour long. They ain't got to ask 55 questions. It's just a ran it's just a an intuitive guess as to whether they think you fit into their culture and that's just how it is. So do you think that a lot of people of colour, our chocolate brothers and sisters, change I know that you say they change their name, but like your mum just came to my mind, didn't it? 
because you said she wasn't like that mm. when you were younger. So, so the thing is, there are black people that that white employer might not even be prejudiced, but the black person already thinks that they have to change their ways to please that employer. So what I'm saying to you is, it's random. You will have random employers that will be prejudiced, but you will equally have random employers that would love a black person to just be a black person. But the black person might have a general perception that all these white employers want them to be a certain way, which in reality is not true. There isn't just everyone thinks like that or everyone. It isn't that at all. I've been to workplaces where the white guy loves black culture. But when you walk in, you see bare white people. But the guy that employed me, I know he hired me because I'm black and he's into blackness. Because when we linked up and we were working together, he's into everything I'm into. And I'm telling you, he hired me because of my blackness. He didn't hire me because I was more of a better designer than anybody else. It was my culture that he liked. But I could have had a perception that, oh, because there's all white guys in the office. I'm going to, oh, they're only going to want a, a guy who acts like them. But it's not true. It's random. You can't tell by looking at someone. My good friend being a perfect example. You can't tell by looking at someone whether they're into your culture or not. It's going to be a ra- It's going to be a guess. I think you all are or you all not. People generalise. You generalise with you with you go into a pub and you see all white guys. You might think, ah, oh, they're all typical white guys. Not true. Not true. But the perception is they're all a certain way. Or you walk into a black place with all black people and you think they're all the same. Not true. Not true. But as a general perception, they think oh, all black guys are going to think act a certain way or be prejudiced against the white boy in the room. When in reality, there's there's black people that would love a white guy to walk in the room and be friends with them. But it's a perception, you see. And most people will generalise. They generalise, which is the worst thing you can do, is just put this overall expectation that you lot are all the same, when in reality they're not. You All you Jamaicans are the same, when in reality they're not. It's just a perception. But that's exactly how most people are. You ge- Or all you Asians are the same, when in reality they're not. When you get to know them, they're actually not the same. But they can appear the same because of their mannerisms or their accent. But they don't necessarily think the same. Do you see? That's just that's how people are. They, they categorise by sort of appearance. But we always say you can't judge a book by its cover. But most people will forever do that until they die. Okay, so I think we've rinsed out this colourism. We kind of, we've kind of done... Tokenism as well, where where employment's concerned, though. I know there was a definitely a phase where certain employees were employing black people to be seen to be doing the right thing. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, the ten percent. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I think that. And, and, you know, especially I think um, I think there was a lot of staff that was working for the NHS at one point, building up certain resources interjecting loads of information as soon as they got what they wanted they got rid of that stuff yeah that i know that's definitely pro, pro, prevalent to this day that whole 10 percent um ethnic that's why they do the whole what what ethnic what ethnicity are you on application forms so they know that they're fulfilling that their 10 percent so they're not seen to be racist um I just, I just find it funny that we're, we're, all, we're all under one label now. This whole BAME label. I, I, I don't even fill in them things no more. I do not fill it in. I'm like, why do I need to tell you what I am? No, I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it. Anyway, we've kind of gone from colorism to racism to colorism <laughs> to racism. But um, very interesting. 
any of you guys listening to this podcast gone through any colorism or racism what do you think about colorism do you like the term colorism uh do you believe that it's uh internal racism internalized racism uh let us know hit some comments we're still waiting for some people to uh um email or leave a voicemail for us so that we can uh help you protect your peace what advice would you give to people who experience colorism to to help them protect their peace my my ask that my my um advice i think i actually handled it quite quite well because the old tina probably would have went in and got angry and just cussed straight away <laughs> that would be the old me um but i i went silent and then i waited until i went in the car and then i had the discussion with my husband and we talked about it and and that's how i protected my peace like I mean, I'm still affected by it and I think I'm going to still be affected by it until we have the conversation. And I know I'm affected by it because I've been dreaming about it. And when I'm in conversation with the person, I, I, the, it comes up in my head and I feel away. <laughs> so I know it's still affecting me. So I know the conversation needs to be had and I will feel more at peace when I've had the conversation. But I do think that seeing it from their perspective has helped me to be empathetic and, and in that empathetic, from that empathetic place, I'm able to have a lot more peace than I probably would have in the past. I think I would have been a lot more angry in the past and hellfire and probably not want to talk to them again or be around them again and yeah what about you babe um i'd say where possible surround yourself with people that love love you for who you are like if someone does show you that move away from them if possible and yeah just because when i grew up i was around people who love black culture whether there was white mixed race black or asian they all seem to love black culture I didn't have the opposite. They all love black culture, so it made it easy for me to not grow up having them insecurities. So it's just where possible, find people who just love you for who you are. Easy to say that, but that's just the reality. And those who don't accept you, don't try and don't try and um, don't try to beg their friend and find people who just automatically, generically just love you and your culture, whatever that culture is. Awesome advice. What about you, Lady Share? Any advice for anybody that goes through colorism in order to keep their peace? I'd just say just be true to yourself at the end of the day. Um, we're all made uniquely, and if people can't understand and get over your uniqueness, that's, that's down to them. Amen to that. That's their issue, not yours. You are fearfully yeah. and wonderfully made, and you are beautiful. Just keep affirming yourself, loving on yourself. And as King G said, surround yourself with people that give you that same energy back, that same love back. It's been two days since I've recorded the podcast and um, we've had the conversation with the person, um, the friend of ours who made the comments the conversation didn't go very well as far as I'm concerned. 
um, my husband was basically just as long as she understands that she can't say things like that around me whether she changes her belief or understands I don't really care um, but me I kind of still got I got more offended in the conversation and it got me to a point where I just thought you know what I'm not saying anything else because if you can't get it I've got nothing else to say to you um, and the things that got me upset was um, she denied that she was serious she said it was a joke um, that she didn't believe that her daughter was afraid of Gavin because of his colour but that's exactly what you said um, and when we explained to her that you know you can't be saying things like that even as a joke because you'll offend people and you offended us and you'll offend other black people especially because you're of a lighter hue you know what I'm saying um, she basically was like well I don't understand why people are offend would get offended like she started to describe her skin and how in the summer her skin goes darker um, in the in the colder season she's got freckles and in the in the summer you can't see her freckles but you're still light skin love um, so you can't you cannot base your experience off of somebody else's you've never experienced colorism obviously you've been you've been a part of the joke of colorism but you've not been that man that your parents were taking the mick out of or your family were taking the mick out of um another excuse was it's a cultural thing that's the biggest issue it is a cultural thing it is it's in in every culture that you take the mick out of each other based on skin color and that's not okay when did it come okay and another thing she said was you know um you should be able to joke like that with your kids you should be able to joke with anyone but you've got to be sensitive how would you like it if someone made a joke that made you feel uncomfortable and then when you told them that you're uncomfortable with that joke like they could make they could they could make a joke about you being with a white man how would you feel about that they could make a joke about your kids being mixed race or your kids looking white they could make a lot of jokes and i'm sure those things would hurt you and i know those things would hurt her because we've had conversations um that other black people have said about white people and she feels uncomfortable because her kids are mixed and closer to the white side um and she doesn't want her kids to feel uncomfortable it's the same thing i don't want my child feeling uncomfortable being hearing a joke that portrays his father as a monster because he's dark-skinned what is there not to get about that if somebody came to me and told me that i would be so apologetic but there was none of that it was thanks for bringing it to my attention and a bit of attitude of people shouldn't be offended and the worst thing that came out of the mouth was if people are so offended what they should be doing actually no she first asked a question do they sell them bleach things you know how people bleach dark people bleach their skin um in do they sell those creams in black shops and stuff and we were like yeah and she was like well if people are so offended 
if people are so offended, why don't they use their energy in protesting and getting those products out of the shop instead of getting offended? When I say that has made me so angry, it's made me so angry. I'm still angry. And I went back into that place of, oh, I know how to process this. I really don't. Still had a smile on her face and my face was serious. And I just thought, how dare you? Do you not understand that the reason those creams are in the shop is because there's people that have been bullied or put down because of the colour of their skin. And because of that, they want to bleach their skin because of insecurities. I was one of them people when I was younger. I only really did it because I had different shades. I had like, I'm not even going to, no, I don't even think it was that. I was the darkest out of my sisters. I wanted to be my sister's shade. I did. I wanted to be my sister's shade. I don't know when that stopped for me and I started to love my colour. I can't even tell you an age. I think for me, I didn't like the ingredients and that that's part of my journey coming going into natural stuff. And I thought, what is this? If this if this is a bleach, what is that doing to my skin and my body? And I think that made me stop more than anything. And I always knew I was beautiful. But even to this day, I don't like dark spots on my face. Like, I don't like uneven tones. And I've been trying to find something natural to even out my tone. I don't want to be lighter. I just, I, I, I wouldn't mind if the dark spots was, the, the colour of my dark spots was the whole colour of my face. It's not about the colour, it's the unevenness. Um, so I've been the, that person that's bought those creams. But I also know that, you know, there's people out there that actually bleach their skin and they want to be as light as light can be. And it all stems from internalised racism. It all stems from those stupid jokes. It all stems from slavery, where the, the lighter skin was seen as the better person. It all stems from the industry and the media always putting the light skinned people on TV. And you even hear it to this day, the darker skin actors and singers and rappers, they always talk about how it's harder for them in the industry than their lighter counterparts. All of this is internal racism as well as external racism if it's white people that are stopping them from progressing even like rappers and stuff black rappers will choose lighter skinned girls than the darker skinned girls it's everywhere it's on the media it's in our families it's in our communities it's in our cultures and these cultures that seem to teach their children that it's just a joke and it's all right you're bang out of order you're bang out of order and I had to say, like, when she said, oh, thanks for bringing it to my attention, because most people wouldn't, we were like, well, you're supposed to be our friend. You're supposed to be our friend. And because we see you as a friend, we're going to come to you. And, and even if I didn't see you as a friend, I would have the conversation because people need to be educated. But the fact that I've come to you and I don't feel like you've been educated and you understand, yeah, you said you wouldn't do it again around us or you wouldn't do it around other black people it never came out of your mouth that you understood where we were coming from it never came out of your mouth any empathy it never came out of your mouth any apology so for me you still believe it's okay and that is 
created something between me and you. And I am, I don't know, I don't know. I still have love for her because I love my neighbours as I love myself. I still love her. Um, I still think she's a great person outside of that. Um, but I guess as my husband said, you can't force anyone to change. You can't change people's beliefs. You just tell them and whatever they want to take from it, they take from it. But if it comes out of the mouth again, we won't be friends no more. We won't be friends no more. And my child will not be around you. Because I'm not having it. I'm not having it. I'm not having it. I don't want to be around people like that. I really don't. So, yeah, it it did really disturb me. And I had to call my friend Lady Cher when I later that late last night and I explained it to her and she was just as upset she was just as vexed <laughs> that it went like that we really thought it would go differently um, we did speak to the partner um, who said he would talk to her I don't know I don't because men are different in it when we told him he was kind of quiet and he did say you know that's not nice um, but Gavin's the same Gavin would probably have reacted the same but be thinking something inside men are different ain't they <laughs> but when I expressed to him that I don't think she got it he said don't worry about it I'll talk to her so I'm hoping that he's talked to her and she will get it um, I do think we need to have another conversation just the four of us at the same time because the way my, my husband did it I don't, I don't think it was a great way he went to the husband first and then he went to her and I don't think he should have done that I think we should have waited until we were all in one space and had time to really sit down and talk and get some understanding and let her know how serious it is to us ignorance is is, is not it's not an excuse it's not an excuse at all you can't use culture as an excuse and that's just how we do it in our culture well you're not in your culture right now you're not in your culture I'm not from your culture you're not married into your culture so you can't just ignorantly act out of your culture especially on things that can hurt other people and I'm, like I said in before, earlier like I understand that she didn't do it to her I know she didn't I know she didn't but when I've come to you and I've told you I'm hurt acknowledge that acknowledge it don't don't shove it off and oh it's my culture people should be able to joke people shouldn't be offended just told you I'm offended if I'm your friend why are you not hearing that why are you not seeing that 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 really got to me and I, I know that I've said before like my expectations of people when I see you as a friend I do put an expectation on you because I I don't know. I'm. I want you to give me what I'm giving you. And I know. I know. Not everybody's going to do that. And I'm learning that so much, so much. And it makes me just want to be on my own. It makes me not want to be around other people. It makes me not want to have friends. It really does when these things happen. Because I just feel like if you can't give me what I'm giving you, I, I want nothing to do with you. You stay over there. That's how I feel sometimes and I know it's not the greatest way to feel because then you end up isolated and on your own and but it's hard, it's a hard one and especially when 
it involves my children. Because as much as you were talking about my husband, you were talking about my child. You were talking about me. You were talking about my my family, my other siblings, you know. And she did say that, you know, in their culture, they don't really look at different colours. She has darker skinned coloured people her nans her grandma's coloured and she named all these people that were darker skinned so that they so they don't see colour but that's a lie because if they didn't see colour that joke would never have happened that joke would never have happened you obviously do see different shades of colour to even have that joke or you're scared of him because he's darker that is acknowledging a different skin tone It is. So that throws that theory out the water. What do they say? Truer things are said in jest, in jokes. So when people joke with me, I take it very seriously. So yeah, I thought I would share that with you. Um, We've got to do better people. We really do got to do. We've really got to do better people, especially as people of people of, as people of God. Loving your neighbor as you love yourself. If you know the Bible clearly says, if you've done aught, go and fix it. If you know that you've done aught to your neighbor, go and fix it. I you you didn't even know, but I've brought it to you. Acknowledge it. Be apologetic. And be mindful in the future. Even if you haven't changed your beliefs, just be mindful with that person and be mindful with uh, that other people may feel the same way and take control of your tongue. The Bible also says life and death is in the power of the tongue. That's what it says. Life and death is in the power of the tongue. What you say can kill somebody and what you say can give someone life. So be very mindful of what comes out of your mouth. That's all I've got to say. This next segment is something that happened um, while I was trying to go to sleep. And, yeah, just keep listening. So, um, I said I'd keep this podcast honest, open and transparent. And this is what I'm going to do. And with this topic, my inner child is crying. My inner child is screaming and my inner child has just reminded me why I started Chocolate Diamond. And why it's so important that I do something to help, even if it only helps one child or one person that is low in self-love. That doesn't love the colour of their skin, doesn't love the texture of their hair, looks in the mirror... doesn't see beauty doesn't feel loved and these ignorant unsympathetic comments cultural patterns that people think are okay that people think are funny and even when someone comes to you and tries to show you that it's not still hold on to it being funny 
shame on you because it's not funny you haven't been through it clearly you haven't been the person that is of a darker hue who gets picked on by other black people who are lighter than them who make fun of how dark their skin is who then looks in the mirror and doesn't feel beautiful and when summer comes round and the skin gets even darker feels even more uglier not because they ever felt like they were ugly or their colour was bad but because somebody laughed at them or because somebody made a joke about them because somebody thought it was funny to portray them as something dark and something bad and something evil like a monster you don't see or feel the hurt that that creates in, inside someone and you wonder why they run to those shops where they sell those bleaching creams and try and make their sales lighter we are damaged and I say we because that little girl was me that's how I was made to feel I was picked on about my colour yeah gollywog dutch pot I hated summer when I got darker I loved the winter when I got lighter I compared my skin colour to my lighter sisters and my mum yeah that was me and there was no representation out there that told me my skin colour was beautiful I used to get called Grace Jones and Grace Jones was portrayed as this dark evil to me anyway unattractive not nice and I hated it I absolutely hated it I was hurt inside I had no representation of that said to me you are beautiful regardless of what other people said all we had was the gollywog all we had were the names all we had was the negative nothing positive at all so when you sit there in your judgment and that ignorant comment comes out of your mouth why are you offended Jesus I pray that the next person that even thinks to say that out of their mouth thinks before they speak because you have no idea and just because you never experienced it and you love your skin colour and you love that you know in the summer your freckles no one can see them because you've got a little bit dark, darker well I'm glad I'm happy you never experienced it because you don't want to you really don't want to 
I am literally heartbroken right now. I am. They say you get hurt by the people you care about. And here we are. This is somebody I care about. This is somebody I saw as a friend. And somebody that's still going to be in my life. Because I don't even feel to not have them as a friend no more. I just want them to be educated and I hope and I pray that they listen to this podcast and they learn and they get conviction in their heart and I will know by their actions. I'll know by their actions. But I'm being honest with you right now. I'm like literally close to tears because even though I made this podcast and I started off saying oh I really haven't experienced colorism and all the rest I have but I buried it and it just came up as I'm lying in my bed trying to go to sleep and that little girl she came out and knocked on my heart and said this is the time for you to speak up because you have a voice and this is messed with my peace big time and this is something that I need to heal and I'll be damned if my kids go through this and if they do go through it I'll be there I will be there as that example I will be there showing them and teaching them and letting them know that they are beautiful thank god that that today in 2021 there's so many beautiful examples of all different shades and colors out there there's all different examples of how amazing we are as people chocolate diamond royalty all different shades of chocolate all humans all worth it all beautiful, all fearfully and wonderfully made. And I pray right now that all the people like me, all the children like me, find their healing. They find their healing. And it's only then will those companies and those businesses that sell them bleaching creams will go out of business because they'll have no customers but they only have customers because there's so many broken and hurt people out there who don't love themselves and if this podcast can help just one I'm grateful so I'm glad this came up everything happens for a reason I'm glad this happened I'm glad we're talking about it And I hope I've educated some people who were living in a bubble, living ignorant or thinking that what they were doing was right just because it was their culture. It's not right. It's not acceptable. And you need to check yourself and you need to stop it. It's not a joke. It's people's reality. It's people's truth. It's people's hearts people's lives it's children's lives because a lot of this stuff happens when we are children 
the trauma happens when we are little children and to judge someone off of that so wrong so I hope you've been educated I hope everyone that listens to this gets educated if you are a chocolate person share this podcast with as many people as possible and all I want to say is no matter what colour you are no matter what shade you are you are beautiful you are worth it and don't let anybody tell you any different love yourself I love you but first and foremost you've got to love yourself don't change who you are those people that made you feel like you needed to change they're the ones that need to change you are perfect you have been made the way God intended you to be made in his likeness there is no way that that is bad at all or evil no way just know that I end this podcast with a release and peace I've actually just got my peace I can just feel it right now as I've spoken this I feel that peace and that release and it just makes me see why I've been on this path for five years creating these images of black people of all shades giving them a representation of them as royalty and beauty and positivity and if I never make a penny from it I don't care as long as it empowers people to know their worth and their beauty and it's all worth it and I'm grateful that I've been given that task chocolate diamonds forever that's what we are know that people chocolate diamonds forever I love you I'm out